Welcome to the Daring Podcast. Part two of our sit down with Brian Small, award-winning alcoholing painter. We continue our chat about pushing the medium and running art like a business. Let's get to it. It's interesting. Some of it is so like nebulous and some of it is really structured. So I'm always trying to figure out best way to now you see all the stuff, putting stuff okay. in frames and not. It's okay. Um, I'm always trying to create depth because, like, watercolor, it can get kind of flat yeah. and it's hard to create dimension. So I'm always doing things to kind of push it further. So with this, I've gone in and added acrylic detailing over mm-hmm. top of the alcohol ink. And this has pigment in it, too, so it's a little reflective. Mm-hmm. So I'm always trying to take it to the next step, trying to get further and further. That's the game, my friends. That's the game. Look at these colors. (laughs) Brian! And it's hard because I can't recreate a painting. So I don't do prints at all. It's one and done. That's it. Were you always this curious? In some ways, all I like always been like, what's next? Like, what am I gonna do? That even led me to New York. I knew that my life was bigger than DC. Mm-hmm. Like, what's next? Moved here not knowing anyone. Hated it the first two weeks. <laughs> first two three weeks, I cried like every single day. Where'd you move? Where I did moved you live? to Washington Heights, Manhattan. Mm-hmm. Um, went to FIT. I start off at Howard University in DC. Not wasn't your thing. Yeah, not your cup of tea. No, it wasn't. I was none of the students that I was seeing there. And I knew my life was bigger than DC. I'm like, I grew up here. I went to school here. Like, I gotta get out of here. Yeah. And so, <clears throat> I um, I left about six weeks in. And then that February, it's like February 97, mm-hmm. I moved to New York, February 2nd. My parents drove me up, and I started off at BMCC, BMCC which I called like the high school for champions. It wasn't challenging to mm-hmm. me. Um, if nothing else, I feel like on some level, Duke Ellington prepared me, which is strange because I feel like academics we had some tough teachers and then we had some teachers that weren't right that tough phoned it in. yeah but when I got there I'm like I got straight A's I'm like come on <laughs> like I know I'm an okay student but straight A's cut it out like <laughs> this is not I'm like I know Ellington prepared us but this is a joke if I got straight A's I'm not that hard of a worker like, mm-hmm. I'm just not. That's not the space that I'm in, any of that. So I'm like, I really need to get to where I'm supposed to be. And I had only applied to two schools that was Howard and FIT. Yeah. So BMCC was just like the bridge because mm-hmm. I need to wait till the new semester. I didn't want to start like half of the year. Straight A's. And then so I go to FIT and was like, the mothership. Like, yes. Mm-hmm. Fashion. 7th Avenue, more people, like, 
glitzy and shiny and glossy and mm -hmm. everybody like wearing their fake fashion. It was just like, none of us can afford any of the real stuff, but we are trying our damnedest to look amazing every single yeah. day. Um, and everybody like doing like low level internships and marketing position at fashion brands and like mm -hmm. everybody just trying and it was like the happiest time ever. It was a good move. Oh yeah. And then I was like, well, I wanted, and that's what started the drive. Like, all right, I worked full time and went to school full time. And then sometimes I was like, well, I'm only taking one class this semester. All right, maybe two classes. <laughs> and then it took me forever to finish school. Forever. Eight years, nine years, like forever. Mm -hmm. Like I gotta finish. But it's like as I was working through as I was going to school, I was working full time. So I was kinda making my way through my career, finishing school, which was like this gift. Um but it taught me to push and push and like being this young like marketing executive, being like the youngest person at the table, being sometimes the only black person at the table mm -hmm. on the team. Like, it taught me that, like, you gotta be smarter, faster, hungrier, louder sometimes, yes. or sometimes move in silence because when you talk about what you're doing, somebody could come and backstab you and cut off that path for you. So I kind of learned that part of it, and those are things that I have to use in art and realize that everybody's smiling at you is not on your team. That's sometimes what art is like, unfortunately. So how do you cultivate that inner circle? Who's who's in your inner circle that you can go to and kind of confide in and share anything art-wise with? You know what? One, my mom is yeah. one. Because we paint on FaceTime, like, mm -hmm. every day. Um... So she's someone always that I hold close to the pocket. I have a good circle of art friends here in Jersey City. The Jersey City community of artists, um, there's a lot of organizations that kind of facilitate mm -hmm. um, art sharing, art conversations. Um, I have a lot of art friends that like, I kind of bounce things off of, but because I'm in a different medium, like artistically, we're yeah. not always able to share, mm -hmm. um, like, advice or technique in that way. Um, but just the way that what curators to maybe work with or not work with, what galleries are working yeah. for them or not working for them. Lots of good, frank discussion, but I also yeah. realize that they're secret competitors. and that. But that's kind of what the world is you have mm -hmm. to be aware of what's happening around you uh there's i'm all about building an art family like i'm mm -hmm. not secretive around like the opportunities that i have or opportunities that are out there like if i know about a show coming up a gallery looking for artists whatever i always believe in holding the door open behind me and letting the next person come in mm -hmm. um Everybody is not that way. It's like, I made it to this gallery, close the door, shut it, lock it. Nobody after me. Like, I am the new artist. Yeah. I'm premiered. That's it. I'm not that way. Because I realize 
that there were other people that opened the door for me. And just because the door is open doesn't mean that they're going to like my work. And it doesn't mean that there's not room for all of us. There's room for everyone. And there's enough money out here in the world for everyone. Every collector isn't going to have the same aesthetic. Yeah. Like, there are some people that will never like my work. Like, I'm not into abstract. I don't like bright colors. I don't like bold. If it has glitter in it, I have an adverse reaction to it. Like, it's just not my thing. I'm not into it. And that goes back to marketing. You can't be and, everything to everybody. Right, and that's fine. You're not my target market. Yes. Like, that's fine. Wish you the best. Hope you find great art. That's okay. And then there are other people that are like, I love your work so much. How'd you find those people? God. (laughs) The universe sends them to me. Now, um, I always always go back to marketing. Thinking about, all right, well, that's the good thing about Instagram and Facebook, the demons. (laughs) Um, They do have great analytics tools. Mm -hmm. So if you have business accounts, Listen, kids, no, if <laughs> you have that. business accounts, you're able to see the analytics for your users. Mm-hmm. Um, understand their age, understand their locations. Um, that gives you some general information. If you made any sales on your websites, mm-hmm. uh, you're able to tie who are the people that are buying your things. What's the age bracket? In some cases, you may get some financial information. You may be able to look into um, the medium income in that area where they're purchasing your work and say, okay, looks like these people make $120,000 a year. Or some of my collectors are corporate collectors. You have to set the mark for yourself. Like, all right, I I want to sell to people like general people that like want nice art for their homes. So that's what you go after. That's okay. I want to sell to galleries. Different beast. Completely different beast. Mm -hmm. I want to go to, I want to have my art installed in hotels. Completely different market. Mm -hmm. Like it's all different. You have to kind of set the mark for yourself. I want to, I want to have my paintings on shower curtains and bedspreads or whatever different market and you kind of have to think about what you want to do and kind of focus on that there are some people that say I want to do it all what do you say to those people have fun <laughs> good luck if you some I don't know anybody that excels at doing all of them but it's not to say it's impossible. I just can't think of anyone mm-hmm. that does all of those things and does them well. Right. Um, Focus definitely comes into play, right? Yeah, I mean, I, I think that it's okay. Whatever you choose, it's fine. Just focus on it. Mm-hmm. Don't try and spread yourself too thin. Yeah. Um, but you got to start somewhere. So it's fine to start in this place, but set the goal. Like, all right, I am going to start with selling to just people. I just want people to buy my art because that's what it started with for me. I don't care where they are. If you buy it, I'm in. Mm -hmm. I don't care 
uh, a dad in the Midwest, a lady in the South, like, I don't care. A corporation, don't care. I will take your money. A funeral home, I don't care. Like, mm-hmm. buy it. And then I'm like, well, I do want to be in galleries, all right? So maybe I need to shift my focus. I do want to have paintings that are accessible to people. Like if someone wants to buy a nice gift, wedding present, whatever else, go to my website. But that is a different product than what I'm doing for galleries. Just different price point, different model, everything. And don't let them cross. You can't have a painting on sale at a gallery for $9,000 and then next week have that painting on your website for $900. Somebody will be pissed. Somebody will be pissed and the person that bought it at $9,000, you devalue their work mm-hmm. and they want their change. <laughs> I want my money. Like, yeah. why is it that I paid $9,000 and you had $900 paintings? Like, doesn't make sense. So I even battle with and I get shit for this. Artists that do sales. Like, I understand that you want to move product so that you can create more. It's usually, like, the, the guys that they want to do. Yeah. Like, I need to clear out the warehouse so I can create new work. All my work is 50% off. That's a scary thing for me. Mm-hmm. Because what happened when I bought your work last week? Are you going to give me that, you know, that Target price match like now that you drop are you gonna give me my 50% back like so I don't understand that part of it and if you are willing to sell your art at 50% off why shouldn't I just wait till next year when you're gonna do your next sale when you're ready to do the next collection when's the next friends and family coming right now that like uh, that's what I'm waiting for like I'll wait for the next coupon code and I get why you do it but your art is not a t-shirt. It's not, it's not mass product. It's mm-hmm. not, if you want to do that for your prints, maybe. But it's not the same thing. You can't treat it the same way. Mm-hmm. But I also understand that artists need money. And so they, a lot of artists will do that because rent's due. I need to Yeah, do that shit is real. And so I get it. I just can't play that way, which is the reason why I got to take my ass to work. Like I can't, I can't do that thing. I like, I know why you do it. I get it. I just can't play that game because that's the long game. Knowing that all of this ties back to the bigger brand, it all goes back to trying to make a mark that is long lasting. Mm-hmm that makes an impact. The 50% off sale does not get you there. No, there's no value. It's, you lessen the value. You lessen the value when you do that. So it's just, oh, so. I agree. But yes, and what you're talking about is how difficult it is to be a professional artist who's thriving, Mm -hmm. right? Through the virtue of their own work. Mm-hmm. in this day and age or ever really like unless you have somebody carrying you or you have a day job or you decrease the value of your work what else is there right but that also is because artists haven't always been in the driver's seat of their careers correct 
there's usually there in the past there's like a gallerist there's an art agent a buyer or someone driving the ship the only thing you had to do was create mm -hmm. and show up here and there now that you are your marketing you are your branding you are your website manager you control all the business aspects you can make mistakes because you don't get that you are really devaluing your brand proposition, you're devaluing your work, your worth, you're watering down your brand. Every time you do that, you are taking a step back. So how are, what you're saying is actually probably really scary for younger people, but I have to believe, and maybe you know more about this, how, how do people educate themselves? How do artists educate themselves on how to run their business in a way that's profitable? I mean, there are a lot of there are a lot of different workshops and stuff out there. I've done a series of workshops. I've kind of stepped away from doing mm -hmm. the workshops one because I didn't want it to be a money grab thing. And I was doing these workshops for like twenty bucks yeah. for artists to help them to understand. Like I. I'm not trying to sell you on things. I'm really trying to help you yeah. and get you to understand that when you drop your prices, you're hurting yourself. When you underprice in general, you're hurting yourself and you're hurting other artists. Like, stop doing that. Yeah. But there are a lot of um, different resources out there to help you get educated on how to run your business or just go take a business certification program mm -hmm. just to understand how to run a business. I think everybody could could learn from that. That's good advice. Just to kind of, just to understand it. You don't even have to pass the damn course. Just go or pick up a couple books and read how mm -hmm. business is done. You don't have to follow it, but just have a better understanding of how it works. It's not, it's not easy. It's not easy to take in, but you should understand. The biggest thing, pay yourself first. Mm -hmm. So if it, I, I always tell the story, like in my first year of art was extremely successful in terms of the number of sales. But I was underpriced. I lost like $17,000, no, like $22,000 in my first year. Mm -hmm because I was underpriced. I literally gave away that money because I wasn't considering how much the supplies were. I never paid myself for actually painting. Mm -hmm. It's a business, so you kind of need to cover your cost. You need to pay yourself. Um, and just thinking about like general operating costs. Those are all things that you skip. You're just like, oh, this is worth $300. Why? What does that cover? Right. Like, wait a second. You spent $170 just on product, like just to produce it. You didn't pay yourself. But you know, that's so common. I think a lot of people in the arts, whatever the medium, musician, artist, designer, writer, whatever, there's a tendency to undervalue. Yeah. And it's just, it, it's one because you're shy about, it all fits together. Mm -hmm. We are taught 
to be modest. Don't, you know, don't be boastful. Don't, don't brag. Don't, it's almost like, don't think too highly of yourself. Yeah, you're a starving artist. You're a starving artist. Like, you give yourself this, like, yeah. you're just starting out. You're an emerging artist. You can't charge that much. You most certainly can when you're able to prove it out. You know how much it takes and how much time it's taken to create. You don't have to make apologies for that. Right. At all. But somehow, you have taken on that label and you kind of take it into the world that, no, I can only charge $120. Says who? I'm not saying that you go, don't go with superstar prices. Don't go. For, don't think that you're going to sell a painting at ten thousand dollars for an eight by ten. It could happen. Live your life if you're able to do it. Fantastic. Be realistic, but be able to kind of prove it out. Maybe it's an eight by ten that's in like real gold. Perhaps like, but just think it through a little bit. Don't give away your work just because you want to make the sale. We have all been in that moment where someone is on the fence and they're like, I don't know, like $900? Oh, wow. Uh, okay, and you're like, well, I guess, because in your mind, you are now calculating. Mm -hmm. Like, if I could only sell this painting, I'll be able to pay my cell phone bill, I'll be able to, like, pay my portion of the rent, I'll be able to do this, I'll be able to do that, and I can go out to lunch tomorrow, to brunch tomorrow with my friends, and your heart is beating because you want to make the sale. So they are like on the line for that $900, and they're like, eh, and in your mind you start to back, back, back it down. You're like, well, I guess I could take $750. And they're like, I mean, gosh, maybe if this was $700, I could swing it, but I don't know. And you and your mind is like, oh, I could really use the money. I could really use that. And so you say something at this random event, and this doesn't happen in galleries often. It could. I'll take it for seven. I'll give it, I could do, do it for seven. And then you realize that you framed it. It was custom framed hadn't considered the size you hadn't considered how much time it had taken to paint it everything and you may have just given that piece of work away because you just are thinking short game i want to make the 700 dollars yeah. and you lose yeah and what's interesting about that is it's almost as if many artists are looking for permission from the outside right to price themselves according to their worth yeah i think that happens it's, quite often so it's just you just have to figure out what works for you there are different some people price by like the square inch price mm -hmm. per square inch i think that's a fair way of doing it deciding what your cost per square inch is um but always remember to pay yourself think that's about what like pay yourself and make sure you're covering your cost because all of that stuff comes into play. You have to think. Be selfish. Be selfish and make sure you're taking care of yourself. Like, mm -hmm. that's in everything. 
you can't go to like your hairstylist and start haggling on prices. Right, I was just gonna say you don't go to the dentist. You're like, well, can you fill my cavity for like, 25% off? Like no, like ooh, 900. Oh, no. <laughs> bye. Like bye. Thanks. No, it's not happening. <laughs> and so all of that stuff, like, to be confident. Your dentist is damn sure confident, even getting paid with the insurance. He makes it very clear. She makes it very clear to you. No, 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 no. No money. No cavity fixing. It is what it is. Like, yeah. <laughs> take it or leave it. You go to the hairstylist. Do you want color or not? I'm not throwing in color. Like, no, we're not doing that. No, you don't want to change your hair color today? You're not, you're not willing to pay for it. I'm not, no, this is not a coupon deal. No family friends discount. Not today. Like, no. Yeah. It just, and we become okay with it. So all of those things kind of, when you see other artists do it, you kind of take it on and make it okay. You're like, well, they just made a sale. Sure wish that was me. Maybe I should lower my prices. Maybe my prices are too high. All of those things. And you take it in and you kind of do it. It's really bad. It's a race to the bottom. <laughs> Isn't it? That's exactly what it is. Yeah. That is frightening. And it's not supportive of the community. No. Because we're hurting. When you do that, you hurt the other person coming behind you or on the wall beside you. Yeah. And people are able to buy our own price. And then that's the difference. That's the difference in the market, too. If we're haggling on prices, you're not my market. Right. Sounds snobbish, makes me an asshole. I'll take it. But you're not my market if we're at the, the point that we're haggling on pricing. Yeah. Like, either you like it or you don't. That's okay. Mm -hmm. If you don't or if it's too expensive, we can do even... I'll, I'll do payment installments. Like, we'll do it in installments. That's okay. But I'm not cutting it 50% off. It's not happening. We're not doing a 50% off sale. Yeah. Like, no, I honestly, I would rather give someone a piece of art than to cut the price. Than to, to do that. I would rather someone love the piece of art and I just give it to them free and willing just like you love it so much I want you to have it than to do that to myself that makes sense like a thousand percent that like, makes sense gift. just just go ahead be with it like you are spirit connected like go like let the art bring you joy mm -hmm. that's what I want to happen then to do that I don't want to do that and it doesn't it doesn't make me feel good I know it doesn't fit with the business because that's what it comes back to. It always comes back to the business. So it's, mm -hmm. that's the business part of me dealing with the art and they are always clashing or dancing or working together or whatever because they have to. But yeah. that's what's driving me. That's what's like, I need to be successful. It's sick, capitalism, all of that. But it's, I need to, I need to make sure that things are in line. Yeah. I don't know that it's sick. I think it helps you. It gives you the opportunity to do it again. Yeah. If you can't kind of honor the 
price that you think is fair, then you might not get the chance to do it again. Yeah, it's not gonna happen for you. Thank you so much for listening to The Daring. Look out for future episodes where we'll continue to share inspiring talks with creative people who are forced for good. Subscribe to The Daring through your favorite podcast app and check out thedaring.co for more in-depth articles. I'm your host, Iwana Friedman. This episode was produced and edited by Leslie Askew of Askew Pictures. If there's a topic or new artist you'd like us to cover, we'd love to hear from you. Email us at info at Until next time.